Hi everyone, it's Sheila with the Communicate Influence podcast. Before I jump into today's episode, I just want to quickly mention a new podcast show that a friend, Maureen Armstrong, is producing. It's called The Animal Guide for Curious Humans, and it's for anyone who cares about or is concerned about animals, their welfare, and the human relationship with animals. The website is theanimalguide.com, and I'll put that link in the show notes for you. Maureen has some really great interviews with animal experts from around the world, so I highly recommend The Animal Guide for Curious Humans. Give it a listen. In this episode, I talk to Canadian entrepreneur Mitchell Callahan, owner of the web development company Sokol. Mitch was raised in the Canadian North and doesn't come from a business background, so if you're about to start your own business, wondering how to begin, or dealing with doubts and fears, you will definitely get a lot from this interview. Mitch talks about the importance of curiosity and tenacity in business, maintaining focus, taking advantage of the right opportunities, and lots more. Even if you're not in communications or marketing, you will get a lot from Mitch's story. And I'll put all the links in the show notes. Thanks. Hey, Mitch, welcome to the Communicate Influence podcast. Hey, thank you, Sheila. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Oh, it's great. I've been so looking forward to this interview because um, you've got such an interesting background. You're an entrepreneur. Uh, you work remotely. You're based in Europe. And you run um, a company that's doing really well, Saukel. Can you tell us about that, about yourself and what you're doing at the moment? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm flattered. Thank you. Um, so what we're doing at the moment is at SoCal, we, uh, a little bit about me, I I guess I'll, I'll give some backstory. I, 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 I'm from Yellowknife. It's, it's a very remote area. And, um, you know, the closest town was Edmonton, which was like 1600 kilometers away. So needless to say, like if we wanted to go on a vacation, my family, it was going to be really expensive or you had to spend a good day or two driving uh, to get out. So when I discovered the internet at a pretty young age, it, um, it changed my world. Like it, it, it brought the whole world to me and I was instantly glued to it. Um, so it's, it's been super important for me to say the least. And especially if you fast forward to today, uh, we're in a small town like that, for example, you don't have a lot of shopping. In fact, the shopping mall there is almost dead, but you know, we can now buy the same products there than you can buy like if you're you know in Toronto essentially because everything's available online so that, that how old were you Mitch when you discovered the internet I remember I was first introduced to it I think I was nine or ten years old okay. and then it wasn't long before I was causing some trouble oh what were you up to <laughs> I uh oh man what wasn't I doing I remember I I first got my hands on these apps that let you generate credit card numbers. I never ended up making an order, but my mom discovered them on the computer and I got in trouble. And so one of the forms of punishment I would always get from my parents was they would take the keyboard away because then oh. I couldn't use the computer. <laughs> okay. So you were basically cut off from this shiny new world that was attracting you so much. Yeah. Yeah. And it, oh. it was a painful, painful uh, torture. So I, I, I complied whenever that happened. Okay. And th did you learn your lesson? Did you kind of behave for a while and then get into more trouble or how did that work out? 
Yeah, more or less. And then, you know, you get older, you smarten up, you don't really want to cause trouble. And so then your your role quickly turns into helping other people. And I quickly became the guy who would fix people's computers and, you know, help them get set up doing whatever they needed to do with their computers. But um, yeah, I, uh, I, I guess I should answer your question about um, what we're doing. I... Um, the reason why I brought up all that stuff is because I, I'm a big proponent of what's called open source software and open source, uh, unlike uh, closed source, it's, it's something that's free. Uh, it, you can audit it, you can look at it. It's, it's community driven. Anyone can add to it. And the reason why I like that is because it keeps the internet open and keeps the internet free. And um, so what we're doing at SoCal is we, are driven to make uh, WooCommerce, which is the largest e-commerce platform in the world, succeed. And we do that by empowering businesses that use it. So we help them architect their stores. We help them build them. We help maintain them. And uh, we're really their technical team in order to help them grow and scale their their online store. Cool. So where is SoCal based? How old is it? And and tell us how you've grown the company. How did how did the idea come? Yeah, I was um, I was working in finance in Toronto. That was a, another passion of mine, and I, I just remember always asking you know higher administrators why things were built a certain way on their website, and if I could change things. And I was constantly reminded when you're in a big corporate environment that. Uh, they always tell you to stay in your lane. And I was like, oh man, like I admire this place for what it is, but it's not the best fit for me. I need to be somewhere a little more creative. And, you know, working in finance, you start learning a little bit more about financial markets, business and 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 how that works. And it, it really excited me. So I knew I wanted to start my own. So fortunately, you know, my one of my best buddies from university at the time, he had decided he was going to move to Calgary and start a new life. And he's like, I'm going to start a web business. And I was like, well, you know, I, I want to get out of here. I want to do something creative. And I happen to have some expertise in that. So can I join you? And he said, absolutely. And that was the start of um, SoCal. And who is your buddy? Uh, that's His name's Dom. He's uh, from Ottawa and he's got a very interesting past. He grew up in a hotel of all places. And I'll never forget when he told me that in university, I was like, I don't believe you. Like, <laughs> I, like who actually grows up in a hotel? And then lo and behold, he pulled up the website and there it was. He was a picture of him and his family in the hotel. So he's definitely wow. got some interesting uh, experience. Yeah. I will have to have Dom as a guest on the show. Yeah, for sure. He, he's he got stories for days. He's got an interesting luck too. So with that luck, he gets himself into sticky situations once in a while. Hmm. So like you, when you were growing up in Yellowknife, did you, I mean, did your parents run a business? Was there kind of like a business culture or ethos around you? Or did that kind of come to you later in life? That came later in life. I definitely was never in a business type environment. I think Dom uh, was a big influence there you can, because I'm always driven by curiosity. And when I met him versus most people I know, he looked at things very differently. And instead of just going, oh, that's weird, I was like, I don't understand this. And so I need to learn more. So whenever he would talk about investing or business, I was my ears would perk up and eventually just started following that path some more. So I, I did dabble a bit. Um, in fact, the reason why Dom was drawn to me is because I um, 
in university, I, I launched kind of like an internet network on our, on our floor. So mm-hmm. I, I was, this was right before wireless internet was taking off and they had just installed the wireless network in the university and the quality wasn't very good. And so I said, listen, guys, I'm going to hook all you up with high speed internet and I'm going to charge you half the price of the school. And they were like done. So I, I ran all these cables secretly around the residence building and we all had this shared network and, uh, that was before we had Facebook and stuff. So it was a really handy way of sharing pictures and videos. And I was making pretty good money with that. And so Dom was like, oh, wow, this guy's the real deal. And that's kind of how we met. And that's such a cool story. And I love the fact that you were driven by curiosity because um, if you don't have that kind of curiosity with a bit of tenacity, um, you're just kind of going to give up, aren't you? Yeah, it, seriously, you, you, the it's the curiosity that definitely keeps you going. And uh, if you're a persistent person, and I think pers- perseverance is is probably one of the the best traits you can hold on to because you just you can never never give up. Yeah, and so you met Dom in the university. Which university was that, Mitch? And and what were you studying? That was the University of Calgary. So okay. B- yeah, being from Yellowknife, we the Northwest Territories has like a pretty close relationship with Alberta. Um, we follow the same school program. We do the same high school uh, like uh, final final exams. So it's kind of natural. A lot of people from there end up going to Edmonton or Calgary. And um, so, yeah, I chose Calgary and I went there with one of my high school buddies. It was my roommate the first year and stuck around and the place ended up growing on me. And uh, what I studied of all things was uh, political science. I um, Later on in high school, I ended up just really getting into government history, social studies, and I started to work in government. And I didn't know that Calgary would be a good place for that. But then later on, I, I realized it was probably one of the best places because, you know, you can go in Canada, you can go to Ottawa or, um, or you can go to Calgary because Calgary is kind of the, uh, you know, the heart of conservatism in Canada. So, you know, whether you lean that way or not politically, it's, it's a strong, there's a strong political culture there. And mm-hmm. I, I learned a lot. Cool. Was it, I'm curious to know, was it, was it ever frustrating for you working in government because you're, you're, you're a business person, an entrepreneur now, and you can push to do what you want, obviously within legal bounds, but you can get things done really quickly and you can decide what resources you need. Whereas in government, it's not quite like that, is it? Not at all. In fact, I, you know, for my summer jobs, I'd always go back up to Yellowknife and I would work outside um, doing landscaping. And then eventually uh, in my third or fourth year, I got my first job with the government. And, you know, that was like a big thing, you know, for a student, you're making a pretty good salary. And I thought then I would, I'd made it, you know, I'm not doing this labor work anymore, but it it wasn't long after being in that role. It's like, man, I'd rather be outside. And like, everything here is so slow. Like, it's so slow and it drove me nuts. And so uh, after having th- th- the government job, I was like, I, I don't want to do this ever again. <laughs> uh, so that kind of finding out what you didn't like kind of set set the course for finding out what you really wanted to do. And you had that fortuitous meeting with Dom as well. So so that was kind of like part of the path was put in place. For sure. Yeah. And yeah. I, I ended up moving to Toronto and he lived in Ottawa and we just stayed in touch and would visit and yeah. Things just fall into place, yeah. 
Now, one thing that stood out when I looked at your LinkedIn profile was that you participated in this this really fantastic program that exists in Canada. It's called Canada World Youth. Can you can you tell listeners about Canada World Youth and and what you did and your experience and how it how it shaped you? Yeah, Canada World Youth is um, a really great program. So it basically what it is is you you get a group of Canadians from all different parts of the country and you spend three months in some town or city in Canada and you do volunteer work. And then you spend another three months abroad um, doing volunteer work. And so you get six people from Canada and then you get six people from a partner country. So in my case, we had, it was with India. So we spent three months in Orangeville, a small town in Ontario. And then our whole group went to India and we spent three months in a very small town outside of Delhi called Hatin. And um, it, it was a wild experience. I, I, I think that that was definitely a, a defining moment in my life that changed me and the reason being like in politics you have to take this mandatory course called you know comparative politics you have to compare the political system of one country to another and you compare and contrast them because then you know you can actually zoom out and see if, if you were only ever existed in one system you wouldn't truly understand it because you you've never seen anything on like that that was different and so that's what india did for me i was like whoa like it wasn't, there was so much, so many more layers to it. It wasn't just like different food and stuff. They had completely different values around like time, for example, or community or how you in- introduce yourself to people. And at first it's, it's overwhelming, but when you come back and, and you, you're back in Canada, you start to see like, wow, like there's totally different ways of, of living your life and, and looking at the world and um, India mm. and Canada world youth definitely did that for me. Wow. That sounds fantastic. What a, that's an amazing experience, and as you said, it, it kind of really changed how you how you looked at things. Did it? Did it kind of um, really get you hooked on traveling and and wanting to kind of really feed that experience of seeing how the world works and different ways of doing things? Yeah, absolutely. So, like, curiosity is often the one thing that drives me. And uh, th- there were some definitely some major cultures in the world that I I, I knew I was aware that I knew absolutely nothing about them. And, um, you know, Indian culture was, was a big one. And so for me, that, that really drove me, like I needed to get there. I needed to learn more. And then I just became thirsty to, uh, learn more about culture. I ended up moving to Korea not long after I finished Canada world youth and I lived there for a while. And I've since been, you know, whenever I'm in Canada too long, I like to go somewhere else to just flip my world upside down. Wow. That's a pretty brave thing to do. And people are often afraid of it, like they want to do it and fear holds them back. What would you say to those people who, you know, that they want to change, change their take on the world. So they might be in a bit of a rut, but they're feeling fear. What would you say? Well, I think flipping your world upside down is going to get you out of that rut. And, you know, nothing, you know, all those situations that make you uncomfortable are going to be your best memories um, so just do it. If anything, like it's, it's, it's the solution to, to, you know, the problem that you may or may not have. And, um, yeah, yeah. I like just jump at the opportunity and, and I guess motivating words, there was one opportunity I did not take. There was a, an exchange program in university and I would have went to Sweden and for whatever reason I didn't do it. I don't, I don't know why looking back anymore. 
And that was, that's like, you know, I, I don't want to live my life with regrets, but I like, I regret not doing that. So mm-hmm. now when these opportunities come up, I take them. What did you do instead of going to Sweden? You you Nothing. stayed and studied? Just, just stayed and stayed and studied. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, I guess, you know, you must have gotten value out of your coursework that you, you were doing at the time, hopefully. Yeah. And it all, you know, certain relationships and whatnot. And, uh, but, uh, yeah, it, it's, it's. The more people travel, I I got great advice from my father-in-law. He's like, you know, you, you never get a negative ROI or a negative return on investment from travel. There's always positive returns. So, you know, you don't have to go, go out there and try and measure it, but it's, it's always worth it. Hey, I just want to say thanks for listening. And I would love to know what kind of issues and topics you'd like the podcast to cover going forward. Are there people you know who could give value and you'd love to hear on the show? If so, DM me on Twitter with your suggestions and I'll check them out. Now, back to my conversation with Mitch Callahan. And just before we, we leave Yellowknife, so to speak, for the last time, how when you look back on growing up in that remote Northern town with long winters and short days, what's the kind of lasting effect of how it influenced you? What, what do you take with you from that time of your youth in Yellowknife? Yeah, I'd say two things. Um, I think there's an old phrase or something, but you know, strong environments make strong people. So, you know, growing up in a very harsh climate like that, like the whole world is, pretty easy uh, for me in a lot of ways like weather wise okay. at least so when most people think it's cold I'm I'm, I'm not cold and so like weather wise uh, you know it, it's you live on the extreme everything else is pretty moderate but the one thing that I, I didn't realize until much later was just the deep sense of community and strong relationships because when you're living in a place like that you rely on everyone else uh, you know you can't you're in danger or something's happens in the cold of winter like you can't just drive by and not help someone like you you all have to have each other's backs and so i think it just for me it, it made me very comfortable with forming and deep connections and and really wanting to connect with people mm-hmm. um where i think you know for some people maybe that's not their a comfortable place for them to be in if you grew up in a bigger city or something that's fantastic i mean uh, i I really value what you said, you know, the relationships and connections. I think that's what's going to save the world, really, and make it a better place. We oh we, so, we so need those, you know, that ability to connect with people who are really different from us and find a common ground and know that we can trust and rely on them. So, yeah, that's what what an awesome takeaway from, from your youth. And, and like you said, like the more places I go, you're, you're going to have – way more in common with most people than you believe it's really just in the small details where you can be different and it's it's really in those differences that it's it's interesting like i'd love to be able to balance my own internal thoughts about things by truly trying to understand what the other side actually means or what it is you know like there's Mm. there's comfort and pleasure in that yeah yeah that's so true and Actually, Mitch, we've been chatting away and I don't think we've, I've asked, where are you now? Where are you living? Oh yeah. So 
I, my, uh, my wife and my little daughter, we have recently relocated to Portugal and we are living in Lisbon. Oh, that's fantastic. And how long have you been there and how's it going? Uh, we haven't been here long, uh, just a couple months and so far so good. Uh, you know, Portugal, the Portuguese people are very friendly and they are very welcome to people moving here. And so you're kind of seeing a bit of a, uh, I don't want to say a rush or a gold rush, but like Portugal is a really great place to, to relocate. And, uh, they speak a lot of English here. So, you know, the transition's a lot easier and, um, yeah, so it's going well, and I highly recommend it if anyone wants to change the scenery. Good. Oh, cool. Now, let's focus a little bit more on on your graduated. You mentioned you worked in government. You discovered that's not your bag. You, you know, you want, you want to be able to do things a little bit more quickly. And so then then after university, you're working for a while, and you, you mentioned you'd worked in Toronto. Can you tell us about your, your career before you – launched Sokol, which I think is what, about 10 years old now? Yeah, I uh, so I was living in Korea teaching English. And I, I remember it was the, the 2008 financial crisis. And George Bush was in power. And he was talking about how he was gonna like, you know, spend 800 or 900 billion dollars to bail out these banks. And I was just like, where does that money come from? Like, I don't get this like it's so confusing so that triggered this thing where i was like okay i need to understand how money works and how you know the financial system as a whole works and so i popped in google and i I remember i just i searched who rules the world and (laughs) if you ever (laughs) search that you're gonna go down some deep rabbit holes um depending on which one you take, you might learn about lizards and stuff. But um, that's that's a joke if, if you've been in finance long enough. But it's... Um... I've heard that joke. Sorry sorry to interrupt. I um, When I worked at a newspaper in England, I sat across from a guy who was convinced that the royal family were descended from lizards. He used to bring this <laughs> up every now and then. But anyway, it's kind of a weird digression. But yeah. Precisely. And... Um... You know, I at the time I was like, okay, I'm gonna go to law school, and I remember writing my, uh, my my application, and it was like, how are you gonna fund this? And I was like, you know, I'm just gonna start an online store, and I'll, I'll make money with products, and I'll have this passive income, and then I'm gonna go to law school. And you know, I was pretty naive at the time, and um, but and and during this whole period, I, I was just like, I need, I was learning about finance, so I was searching up thesauruses of just financial words and writing them by hand in a book, so that I would memorize what they meant. And I moved to Toronto, and luck, I had some luck and met some right people, and they're like, we need to hire some people at this this brokerage firm. Um, you need to just get your credentials up to date, and then you can work here. So it was like, no problem. I had been studying this stuff for a bit, and I was I was really passionate about it, so. I got what's called your the CSC. It's like the Canadian Securities course, and you just learn the basics about markets. And I started working at a brokerage firm in Toronto, and um, you know that's that was a good spot for me to you know essentially get paid to learn more about the financial system. And mm-hmm. you know, funny enough with the with the law school thing. So fast forward, I was I I, I got accepted, and I was going to go to law school. And then that's when the opportunity came up with Dom to start a business. And so 
sorry, TD Bank, but I, I had a line of credit lined up to pay for my school. And I said, you know what? I'm going to use this money to keep me afloat to start a business instead. And we started the company. And funny enough, we ended up getting into e-commerce. I didn't build my own online store, but I helped build them for other people. Okay. And before we jump into that, because I know that you and I have agreed we're going to set up a, a second interview and really dig into SoCal and, and what you're doing with that. But but tell us more about like what it was like working for other people because I, I know you've told me that, you know, the 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 open internet and remote working and being able to travel are things that you really cherish, that they're really important values for you. So in your work before you 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 launched your own business with Dom, how 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 did that work shape what, what you were about to do? Yeah, it's a really good question. And, you know, it all kind of happened by uh, a sequence of events. It was never, we never set out to do that right away. But, you know, we had started our company in Calgary and we had this new job and we needed to hire someone to help us get it done. And that's when we just looked online. We we're like, let's find someone who could do this. And they happened to be in Argentina. And so we hired them to do the job. And, this this person we hired later became and is our CTO right now. He's been with us for almost 10 years. But we realized like, hey, like we can hire anyone anywhere. We don't really need to be stuck here. And after being in Calgary for a bit, I was getting the travel bug again. And I was like, I really need to go somewhere. And how can I do both at the same time? So so we, I've kind of can't sorry to interrupt. I kind of lost the the sequence of events. Were you had you moved to Toronto? Or is this kind of right after university and you were in Calgary? Oh, forgive me. Yeah, I I was That's working okay. in Toronto no in finance, and then oh, okay. I quit my job and we started SoCal in Calgary. So I, I packed oh, okay. up and moved to Calgary, and Dom and I had this little two bedroom apartment where everything began. Cool. Okay. So that was like what around 2011, 2012? Precisely 2011. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So at that stage, you, you're not married and um, you're sharing a little apartment. That, that's quite the story for such a, a successful company today. Oh man, I was living on an air mattress. It's a stereotypical story at the same time. You know, I was living on an air mattress for six months. I think it was, it was until six or seven months where I'm like, I should probably just buy a bed. I, you know, I'm not going to go anywhere anytime soon. So uh, I invested in a bedroom set and <laughs> you just kept going from there. And you're, you're kind of in your mid-20s, you're not yet 30. Did your parents comment at all on, on what you what you were up to or did they think, hey, this is a great idea? No, starting a business, almost nobody's going to understand. And everyone has their story of someone they know who started a business and it didn't work out. Um, so it was one of those things where I was like, I, I know I'm on my own here. And you just have to believe in your own conviction. And no one was ever really telling me don't do it, but it wasn't like a, a crowd cheering you on to, to do it. Uh, so mm -hmm. yeah, we kept going and, you know, once everything kind of, you, you hit your breaking point and things are a little bit more smooth and most people just go, wow, like I wish I did what you did type thing. And did you have any dark moments where, you know, you oh. thought, man, are we going to be able to pay the rent or what am I doing? Or, Hey, you know what? I, I'm going to go back to Toronto and get, a regular job 
more more than I can count. I uh, I would always have in the back of my mind like, oh, if this doesn't work, I'm gonna apply at this company and that company, and I would have all those places bookmarked. And you know, when things were really bad, you would always think, and then you just talk yourself through it and be like, no, I'm not gonna do that. And the money thing for sure, man. I'll never forget. I I was out trying to get lunch and. My debit card just bounced. My credit cards were already all maxed and my debit Ooh. card didn't work. And I was just like, I can't even eat lunch today, man. And yeah. it, it it kicks you into high gear though. It's scary, but man, those if when I look back in time, it's really those moments where you make some of your greatest decisions. Uh, wow. Yeah, I can't imagine how that must have felt, you know, and the and the the tension or the unease that you you must have felt, but you you got through it. Yeah, we 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 had piles and piles of debt, like, and uh, yeah. But looking back in time, like those were some of my my greatest memories, and I'm really proud of that person at that moment for mm-hmm. how they handled it. Cool. Well, that's really good. And I want to ask you a little bit about you know you. It's kind of like you and Dom, it sounds as though from what you've said, you guys kind of connected really early. He, after you, you know, um, brought the internet, the wireless connection in your dorm in Calgary, and he decided you're the real deal. And, and you thought, well, you know, this guy, I can learn a lot from him. But it's a big commitment to select a business partner because if it doesn't work out, it's it can be really ugly. So tell us about, kind of your thoughts and feelings on that did you ever have moments where you thought hmm is this the right business partner or, or what made what made you think wow this is really solid I'm so lucky to have this guy as my business partner yeah I am very lucky and I, I wouldn't have been here without him and I empathize with a lot of people starting businesses it's not easy um, it's very hard and so if you if you're able, if you're lucky enough to find a good partner it's uh, it, it makes the journey a lot better but um it was it was an obvious choice for me to go with Dom because Dom had already grew up in a business his whole life in his parents hotel and he was very business minded and after he had finished university he had actually went back to Ottawa and he helped acquire a piece of property next to his parents hotel and he opened a hostel and the hostel was really successful. And I just remember admiring Dom because he had saved up enough money to buy his own condo. And I would visit him from Toronto and I just admired what he was able to accomplish. And so when mm-hmm. I had the opportunity to start a business with him, I was like, this is a no brainer. Like this is a once in a lifetime opportunity and I'm going to take it. Cool. Okay. So you really knew then that it was, you know, it was gold and you had to you had to really take advantage of that opportunity or it would just wouldn't, wouldn't come again. Absolutely. Yeah. Cool. That's awesome. Well, should should we wrap up now, Mitch? And um, we're going to speak again very soon. Yeah. And we're going to really dig into uh, how you connected um, with Dom and your first business. Cause I can remember reading on your website, you, you were about to build something for a client and realized that, sourcing the resources or the people to to do the work was difficult and that was kind of like the inception for Sokol so um or is there anything else that you'd like me to ask you before we wrap up our kind of interview about you and who you are yeah no I'm I'm good it's just it's crazy to me to have an interview just about me so if there's um 
anyone listening, I mean, I appreciate your time. And uh, if there's anything that you've gotten out of it that helps you, I mean, I think that's great. And uh, should you need any help or about anything, feel free to reach out and ask me. Yeah, for sure. That That's so true. I know you're really helpful, Mitch. So um, we're going to be adding the links in the show notes and we'll include Mitch's uh, LinkedIn profile. And if you want to connect with him and ask a question, even about starting a business, I've got no doubt that he'd be really happy to help you and answer any questions. So we'll speak to you really soon, Mitch. Thanks again for your time today and take care. Yeah, thank you, Sheila. And and, and likewise, I, I hope one day I can... Uh flip the script and have this interview with you yeah cool that would be cool thank you awesome take care bye-bye